and welcome to the Really Random Movie Reviews Podcast. Real people, real takes. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ben. In this show, we have an online movie generator choose a film for us to watch. It could be from any genre and any decade, as long as it's easily accessible for us. After viewing the movie, we sit here and discuss it at length. This week, we're talking about Stalag 17. What will we think? Well, grab some popcorn, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, so we were talking about Stalag 17. It is from 1953. It was directed by Billy Wilder, and it stars William Holden, Don Taylor, Otto Preminger, Robert Strauss, and a few others. So this movie takes place in World War II, and after two Americans are killed while escaping from a German POW camp, the barracks black marketeer J.J. Sefton, played by William Holden, is suspected of being an informer or a spy. Yeah. So this movie won an Oscar for Best Actor in a Leading Role, and that is William Holden, who I just talked about. And um, Robert Strauss was also nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. And Billy Wilder was nominated for Best Director. Gotcha. Yeah, I think he did a good job with this movie. Oh, yeah. It's weird because William Holden said he didn't think he deserved an Oscar for this and for his role. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that. But he was, um, I think he was nominated for Sunset Boulevard, which is another Billy Wilder film. And so I think the studios and the Academy were giving him this one because he didn't get one for the other movie. Gotcha. That's kind of speculation. Gotcha. And if the Academy is anything, was anything back then like it is now, it would kind of make sense. Yeah, because it's, I don't really follow it because it feels like it's just all pre-planned. Yeah, it definitely seems a lot less prestigious nowadays, in my opinion. Yeah. Where it's just a popularity contest. It doesn't have to be the actual best of that year. Yeah. It just has to be very well received, obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of problems with the Oscars and the Academy as well because of the people who do vote and what what demographic makes up the Academy. Yeah. And I'm sure it was pretty much the same back then, just maybe a little younger. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's mainly just white men in the academy. So mainly. I'm sure it's changed a little bit nowadays with more diversity in Hollywood, but I don't think it really has changed much. Yeah. So a lot of movies that should be nominated haven't been. And movies that maybe shouldn't have been have been. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway... So more about, because I kind of want to talk about um, Billy Wilder, the director. He directed some really good classic films. Yeah? So I haven't seen Sunset Boulevard, so I can't attest to that one from 1950. I can attest to Some Like It Hot, which stars Jack Lemmon and Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And that's just a fun movie. It's actually really funny. I really like that movie. And The Apartment which, again, stars Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And that movie actually deals with a lot of heavy stuff. And it's kind of surprising for something from 1960. And I really like that movie. It's very well acted. 
It's fantastic if you haven't seen it. And it's from 1960. Yeah. Oh, I guess he also did, he did the original Ocean's Eleven, or he wrote it. Gotcha. Because the one from the 2000s was re- rebooted, yeah. I guess. Which I didn't realize. The one with Brad Pitt, yeah. Yeah, because that's the one I always think of. Well, actually, the original Ocean's Eleven has Frank Sinatra. Okay. Obviously a very young, or younger Frank Sinatra, because it was the 60s. Yeah. And he wouldn't be a leading man in his old age, I don't think. Yeah. So, Ben, what's your background with this movie or the instances surrounding what's going on in the movie? Never heard of this movie, and I'm not too familiar with POW systems as a whole. Okay. Like, I've only heard of, like, the Hanoi Hilton, which is, if you don't know what that is, that's Vietnam-era American pa- where American pilots were held. So, different era, different war. Yeah. Okay, got it. I had never heard of this movie either. I mean, I've heard of different POW camps and stuff. Like, um, I think one of the most famous ones that comes from this war was... um. Was it the novel and movie Unbroken, where the um, he's an Olympian and then he serves in the war, gets sh- his plane gets shot down and he survives like the longest on a raft mm-hmm. and then becomes a POW. Yeah. And then he survives. Spoiler alert if you haven't <laughs> heard of that story. But yeah, I've heard of that one. And I think that's World War Two. Okay, I mean, it sounds like World War II. I think he was he was imprisoned by the Japanese. Yeah. And I've heard of other ones like, um, oh, there was like a film I saw. It was a Japanese film and it was POWs in China. Okay. And like, so some British soldiers, some Japanese soldiers in China. Yeah. That's a different war too. <laughs> Is it? No. Same war. Technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. So, what is your overall review of this movie? It'd be a good movie to just have on in the background while you're doing something. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very much... I mean, this movie is based on a play. Yeah. So, it's very dialogue-driven, which a lot of plays are. Mm-hmm. So, there's not a lot going on other than that. Yeah. Except for maybe a couple things. But, yeah, a lot of it is... The relationships between the characters, the conflict that they're in is that they're in the war camp. Mm -hmm. And there's a spy among them. Maybe or not. Yeah. And it's a lot of, and to find out who's a spy, you have to talk to everyone. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. So in classic play style, it's all about dialogue. So yeah, it's something... Like, you can just kind of look at something else and still get what's going on as long as you're listening. Yes. I think. hmm So is there anything that really stood out to you in this movie then? Like, I'd say 70% of this movie takes place in one, one set, and that's impressive in and of itself, because modern movies, you couldn't get away with that. Yeah. But that's, again, like, because it was a play, mm-hmm. a lot of it is very stationary. And so it makes sense that uh, mm-hmm. most of it would take, like, there are only maybe a couple different sets. Yeah. Outside and inside. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Pretty much. 
Yeah, maybe one or two others, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. It's just like inside where they sleep and outside where they do their chores pretty <laughs> or much. play or do whatever. Also takes place around Christmas. Yeah. Which they kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing because, yeah, they're prisoners, but the German soldiers are like, oh, it's Christmas. Here you guys go. Yeah. You get a little bit more wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I guess one of the um, German soldiers was actually played by a German director. Okay. At the time. Otto Preminger? Preminger? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Okay. But he he always said that as a director, he would shout at actors if they were late or if they didn't know their lines. And... He told Billy Wilder, the director, that at the start of filming, if he ever forgot his lines, he would present Wilder with a jar of caviar. And later in interviews, Wilder said that he soon had dozens of caviar jars. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a nice, you know, little trivia bit. Okay. So, like, you know, even if directors think they're, they're all that, it's like, oh, I can act any day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of why you always hear, like, actors who become directors kind of become really good directors, like, really good at communicating with their actors because they were on the other side of that. So they know what works for them. Yes. And how to communicate what they need to get across Mm -hmm. without just, like, shouting or being, like, Stanley Kubrick or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or or um, Alfred Hitchcock. Well, I was... I was going to say, I've blinked on her name, but the wife in The Shining. Yes, Kubrick, where he yeah. just kept those was like the most takes in any, for any scene. Something? Yeah. Man, poor Shelley Duvall. Yeah, no one deserves that. No one. And what was it? Like, Roman Polanski, so this doesn't really surprise anyone. But like Roman Polanski, I guess, in one of his movies... He wouldn't let Faye Dunaway take pee breaks. Like, he wouldn't let her use the bathroom, so she pissed in a cup and threw it at him. I read that the other day, actually, just randomly. (laughs) So also, another trivia bit is that William Holden, the main Mm -hmm. actor, um, he didn't like the part of Sefton. Okay. And he thought he was too selfish, so he kept asking Billy Wilder to make him nicer. But he refused. So... Yeah, Holden actually refused the role, but was forced to do it by the studio. He didn't want to play this, like, selfish character, but he kind of had to. Hmm, that's interesting. Old Hollywood for you. Yep. Studios had all the power back then. Mm Mm-hmm, it didn't matter what you had between your legs. Mm Mm-mm. They had all the power. That's why the same people, like, if something was making money, or a person was making money, they kept pumping that out and they're like oh william holden you're a really big star especially from sunset boulevard which even though neither of us have seen like i've heard of it and i know of its Mm -hmm. i know that it's iconic yeah and it's like okay you're our a-lister you're gonna be in as many movies as we deem you to be yep same with like that's what happened with judy garland with debbie reynolds with gene kelly Oh, all the big stars from back in the, the day. The 50s and so, yeah. 
Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And we all know what happened there. Yeah, exactly. And especially with the drama with what's going on with her dress. How it's probably permanently ruined now that Kim K wore it to the Met Gala. Even though it was in a temperature-controlled room at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Center, they're like, yeah, you can wear it for this fashion thing. And it was sewn onto Marilyn Monroe's body to fit her body type. And it was for her, and she didn't want anyone else to wear it, because also it wasn't meant for anyone else to wear. Yeah, that's like... Because that was the happy birthday dress. Okay, yeah. It was sewn onto her body... And that's the dress that Kim K had to had to starve herself to wear for the Met Gala this year. I know that that see. eye roll you could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but like some of the sequins or like the rhinestones, like some of the fabric is stretched. It was in a temperature controlled room, and especially with what happened with Marilyn Monroe, with how everyone just controlled her. Yeah, she couldn't even have that in death, and they gave. Kim Kardashian a lock of Marilyn Monroe's hair? Like, who does that? Yeah. It's like, just let her rest in peace. She's already been through way too much. Mm-hmm. And died way too young for a lot of reasons. Yes. And the studios and Hollywood definitely didn't help. Oh, no. Anyway. Tangent number two aside. I know. <laughs> this movie definitely is but isn't a whodunit. And I like that style. Okay. Where it's not an obvious whodunit. Kind of like Knives Out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more of a whodunit, obviously, because it's a murder mystery. Yeah, but... But honestly, I like the re- I like the more modern versions of like a film noir nowadays. Yeah. Like, I loved Knives Out. Me too. It was so good. I've seen it at least twice. But yeah, what did you think of the... Basically, the comic, the comic relief, the two, like, two stooges. <laughs> For a second there, I thought they were the main characters, but... Me too, because it starts with them. Yeah. We don't really get Sefton all that much until, like, a third of the way through. Yeah. Anyway. But I kind of liked it. <laughs> but yeah. that's just... I am a sucker for good slapstick. It's kind of the... The fresh air you kind of need with like a heavy topic like this. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Once I realized that they were a comic relief, it was like okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because at first, I yeah, I was like you. I thought it like those were our main characters. I'm like, wait, is this a comedy? Yeah. Or is it meant to be mainly a comedy, yeah. or like a parody or something? But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's the case with the actual play, too. Because it's a little more slapsticky. I mean, you could get away with that on stage. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess this movie was filmed in Agoura Hills, California. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that much. Over, like, past Calabasas, Thousand Oaks, okay. like, around that area. Or it's, like, well, it's before Thousand Oaks. Okay. It's, like, way past, like, you know... It goes like Woodland Hills, Calabasas. Okay. okay. Agora, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And back then, I'm guessing Agora was just almost nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, because they filmed a lot in Chatsworth, which was almost nothing back then, but ranches. Yeah. So, makes sense. 
But it's just funny. Like, oh, studio had land there. Yep. <laughs> it's funny how much it's changed now. Yeah. So what are some themes in this movie? Well, I think one of them is like, just be honest and stick to your guns and things will work out for you. Especially when everybody is against you. Yeah. I guess also just doing what it takes to survive. Like, survival kicking in. Mm-hmm. Because what does it take for someone to be a spy? Mm-hmm. It's usually life or death. Yeah. But with something like war. Especially POWs, because mm-hmm. they're the ones that have lost a battle. Yeah. Doing what you can to survive and... Not go insane. Yeah. And, st- like, dignity mm-hmm. and integrity, just trying to keep yourself going. Yeah. Endurance. Mm-hmm. Brotherhood, because they're all soldiers. Yeah. Men in arms. It's like, it's a brotherhood. Yeah, it is. Same with prisoners, too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And working together to make... Not just get out of that situation, but if you can't, just make things better or yeah. more tolerable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there's there's a good amount to take from this movie. It's just a lot of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very situational. Mm-hmm. Which isn't always a bad thing. No, it is not. So, Ben, would you recommend this movie? And in what case would you recommend it? I'd recommend it if you were just looking to have something on. But other than that, I don't know if I would. Yeah, like if you have nothing else to watch and you just want to have something on in the background, I I would agree with you. Yeah. And you don't really need to pay attention to it that much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know if I would either. I didn't. It was just really long to get to the point. Yeah. It was a lot of filler and a lot of dialogue. Not much really going on. Mm-hmm. So I don't think... Yeah, I didn't really like this one. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like I said, I liked it as like a... You can just turn it on to have something in the background. Exactly. Well, that'll be it for us this episode. Let's go to the movie generator and see what we'll get next time. Ooh, okay. Who framed Roger Rabbit from 1988? This is one of my favorite movies from childhood. Oh, yeah. I adore this movie. Mm-hmm. So we will have a lot to talk about next week. I don't know about you, but... Yeah. Like, we probably don't even need to see it. I mean, I will. we will just for a refresher, but yeah. <laughs> I remember so much of this movie. Same. I'm really excited. Me too. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Really Random Movie Reviews. Please rate this episode wherever you're listening to it. Rate the podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Um, Check us out on social media. And our links are in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day.